Hi, friends. <laughs> Welcome to your Pleasure Path podcast. I'm your host, Katherine Drysdale. I am a pleasure activator and sex and relationship coach. My intention with this podcast is to bring you tools and resources for you to shift your relationship to pleasure, intimacy, sex, and beyond, because this is your unique pleasure path. Welcome to your Pleasure Path podcast. I'm Catherine and I'm here with Ariel Brittany. She, funny enough, we went to college together. We're sorority <laughs> sisters and she was one of my very first life coaching clients. So I'm super happy to have her on the podcast today. Ariel Brittany is a personal stylist and confidence coach who helps heart-centered leaders and entrepreneurs shine in an authentic, aligned style that cultivates magnetic confidence and joy. She uses compassionate, customized coaching and astrology to bring out her client's essence and her unique approach to personal styling. Wow. <laughs> Hi. Oh my goodness. I'm honored to be on this podcast with you. And I do feel like it is full circle considering how long we've known each other and just how our, how paths have crossed so many times over the years. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I love that. I love that our relationship has sort of blossomed and ebbed and flowed over time, you know, from college and beyond, like, and it's, it's like a treat for me too, to see like how you've changed completely in your career and you built a career out of styling, but also, you know, integrating astrology within it too, which I feel like is so just so fucking fun. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. You have seen it all. Um, it's really funny because I think back to college and I feel like we didn't even, we barely talked. And then it was really post-college that mm -hmm. our friendship really just blossomed, like you yeah. said. Yeah. I love that. And like, it's so interesting to see too, that like with relationships, like we can have, um, I don't know, like a, like a connection to someone, but it's all about like the timing, you know, the timing there was nothing wrong. It just wasn't the timing for us to connect in that way in college. And then how we were able to maintain that sort of relationship, keeping in contact and then really go deep from then. Like, I just, I just love it. Me too. Yes. You were definitely my first, um, I would say introduction into the online coaching entrepreneurship space, because I, I remember being at my nine to five job and you remember how I was in such a dark place during that time mm -hmm. and I really loved your content it really uplifted me during those times and that's when I reached out to you and we had that connection and we started hanging out more and that's when I realized that I could create my own path like I just didn't know that it was even possible so yeah thank you for being that light for me I really needed it then so <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, we can't make Catherine cry this early in the episode. <laughs> I have to remind myself of that. <laughs> I'll cry, I'll cry. Free tears. 
Free, free tears, cancer moon. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be probably an unintentionally emotional episode considering we're both water moons. Yeah. It's okay though. It's okay. Yeah. I mean, we're unafraid to go deep. And that's honestly, like, you know, why, why not go deep? Like why I feel like so much of life and just in general, like we operate at such a surface level. So I feel like when you meet someone else that you resonate with, that is willing to go deep with you, like that is like, ah, it's just so good. It's so explosive, you know, to yeah. connect with someone so deeply. And then also, you know, doing this on a podcast, you know, we just by being our watery selves, we're giving other people permission to have feelings too. And I think too, like one thing that I had with crying was, you know, allowing myself to cry for happy stuff too. It's not just like, yes, it's just overwhelming emotions and allowing, allowing us to flow. Definitely. It's giving ourselves permission to feel and actually process our feelings instead of just intellectualizing them. Mm -hmm. And even when you said just having those people to go deep with and allowing yourselves to explore the things that we might like to hide about ourselves, but once we explore them, it is liberating. I feel like that's the basis kind of of how our friendship began and continues. And then also the way we run our businesses. Yeah. So what even so let's dive into what you do in your business as a style and confidence coach like how do you operate within your business how do you find clients like what is your sort of specialty and how do you bring that energy into all of the work that you do yes so i am definitely someone who believes that some everybody has a personal style And personal style is something that should be created from a place of joy, of pleasure, and of self-love. And that it is a form of play and self-care. So Mm -hmm. I love helping people realize that they already have all of the things that they need. It's just the clarity that they need guidance with. So Mm -hmm. that's how I really approach my styling. Usually that has led me to attract so many, I mean, I'm obsessed with all of my clients. They're (laughs) just doing incredible things and they're such leaders in their space. And a lot of these women have done so much of the inner work already. And it's really about embodying what they've done on the outside Mm -hmm. and just realizing that, okay, I can transmute this energy into my physical reality, which is why I like to say, I think style is a form of manifestation as well, because it, it's taking a vision, it's taking what's intangible, right, and bringing it into reality with physical items, and really tapping into your main character energies, like, who do you want to be today, and that bad bitch, being that bad bitch, exactly, (laughs) being that bad bitch, maybe you feel like a soft girl one day, maybe you feel like a, I want to be just, completely in leather and lace and black, which during Scorpio season, I definitely do, (laughs) but giving ourselves permission to be seen and to be witnessed in our wholeness. Yeah. I love that. And 
it's such an interesting point you brought up about, you know, our clothing being an opportunity to manifest. Like, I remember when I first got in coaching, like my first coach, like she told us to buy like a totem item or like mm-hmm. dress as our higher selves. Like that's something that we can do. But one thing that not a lot of people realize just within communications and our psychology is how we dress, how we embody ourselves, like is a direct reflection on how we are um, carrying ourselves in our day to day. It's like how we choose to put on our clothes, how we choose to do our hair or makeup, whatever. This is showing people like, this is who I am for today. And we have permission to change that day to day too. So like you were saying, you could be leather and lace one day and cozy (laughs) sweats another day. And like, that's beautiful, but it's also like, um, I feel like personal style and like the choices that we make, we're almost a walking poster for ourselves every single day when we like step out that door we're like okay this is who I am today and our style gets to reflect that oh my god yes I love I love that it's so true because so much of communication is visual and not to say that in a way of like superficiality I I personally like to say you know how people go oh don't judge a book by its cover that that's false because I love books. And when I walk into a Barnes and Noble or just a library or whatever, like I am going to pick it by the cover at first. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Everyone does. It's a human thing to judge a book by its cover. But of course, once we open the book, we read what it's about. It takes substance as well. Mm -hmm. So that's why I like to say your personal style is a mix of style and substance. Like I, it's not really about dressing up like a completely you know, fake version of you. That's not what it is about. It's about just being confident enough to bring what's really inside out. So then people can actually see and be connected with you because you'll never know. What if someone really loves a shirt that has like your favorite movie character on it? That's a friendship formed. Or what if somebody asks where you got like this leather blazer that you really love? And then all of a sudden, your friends on Instagram. And then that leads you to another connection and another connection. I I just really think that, um, you know, judging a book by its cover is kind of, it's kind of spoken about in a negative way when it's really just a natural human tendency that we can't necessarily turn off. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, even if we think about marketing, (laughs) yes, just marketing in general, like the whole point of like ads is to capture our attention. It's the hook. So sort of judging a book by its cover, it's like, that's the first couple seconds. That's your first impression. But obviously there's more depth beneath the surface. But if you're trying to evoke a certain, um, I don't know, energy from someone or want a certain thing, that's your style can change with that. Just like how you dress for a job interview might be different than how you dress for a date or to hang out with friends and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. So yeah, our, the choices that we make and the vibes that we want can help us attract different situations. hundred percent. And it definitely shifts our energy to feel ready to take on whatever situation it is because we definitely ascribe meaning to our clothing. Mm-hmm. So that's why I feel like personal style is so personal. <laughs> it's so individual because something that makes you feel really confident for a job interview 
could look different for somebody else. So it's really about self-exploration and discovery and creating this very tactile friendship with yourself where you're literally taking things on, putting it on, seeing how it feels in your body and how your nervous system almost reacts to like being in a certain piece of clothing. I find that so fascinating. And I, I love to even play dress up and figure that out for myself, even as a stylist. Mm -hmm. So how do you guide your clients through that process with working with you? Do they go through their closet already? Do you help them with like new items? Like how do you help them regulate their nervous system with like the new changes, whether it's integrating the style they already have or completely like, just <laughs> like huge revamp. Yes. It I always love to meet my client wherever they're at and honor their comfort zone. And I know that that sounds so different from what people see on TV, especially in media. And like, and I grew up loving what not to wear, like, but looking back on it, it's so funny. Like they just throw everything in the trash, throw everything in the trash can. And that's definitely not the type of stylist I am. I think that it's important to take into account where their, where their style goals are as far as are they shifting everything? Is this for a photo shoot? Yeah. Um, are we trying to introduce just a few items into our closet or is this a complete revamp transformation? And I always have that like consultation first. We do like a pre-call client questionnaire after um, they're onboarded and they answer all of those questions for me. And on the call, we go over like the personal style that um, I see for them and we hone into their style preferences with a Pinterest board I create for them. And then after that, we do a mini closet audit. And that's really where I see the missing gaps in their closet, as well as like where they're at now versus where they want to be. Mm -hmm. And it's very interesting to them because they might not realize what they're not wearing versus what they are wearing, or even like where they're actually wanting to take some risks, even though they've told themselves, no, I can't wear that. And that's the interesting thing is there's always a story. There's everybody has some sort of narrative about what they allow themselves to wear and what they don't. And it's always deeper than the clothes. There's always some sort of like, you know, negative remark behind that from maybe a, a family member, or maybe someone said something rude to them on the street. And then now they never want to wear it again, even though it makes them happy and untangling that and, you know, identifying the source of maybe why we're avoiding the things that really make us happy. I mean, that goes even beyond clothes, right? So mm -hmm. that's why I always feel like it's a, even though it's a fun process, there's so much deeper work involved. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that you sort of help your clients and like guide through unpacking the, like the emotions behind items. Cause you know, we don't realize how emotionally charged certain things can be, um, especially if there's like negative emotions attached to it. Um, or like, I know even in my own closet through this process of moving cross country, yeah. there's certain pieces where I'm like, I'm never going to wear this again, but I love the memories that are associated with them. So like, mm -hmm. I want to keep it. Like I kept my my Vegas like sequin dress from uh, senior year like tri delta vegas trip oh and my I'm gosh like, i'm never yes. gonna wear this you definitely can see my asshole i cannot bend over <laughs> but <laughs> i 
love the dress. It was a fun moment and memory. But, you know, like there's certain other pieces where like um, I was very quick to get rid of um, like the clothing I wore when I experienced sexual assault and stuff like that. Yeah. So like we don't realize how like the clothing that we wear can act as physical reminders to like emotions or memories that are attached to certain things. And I think that's amazing that you are holding space for your clients as they're going through that journey and really seeing how it's feeling in their body with where they are right now before you even progress into like integrating the new into it. Yes, I thank you for, for sharing that with me. And I really think that if something holds a positive memory for you, there's so many great ways to preserve and store those things. I still have like my prom dresses from high school. Obviously they're not hung up like with my everyday wear. Um, but yeah, I have some negative memories as well too, where it's really about clearing out those ghosts. And it's interesting how you use the word earlier totem. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's such a great word for what a piece of clothing could be for someone where it could be a totem or it could be a ghost and just yeah. kind of figuring out and using your own discernment with when you're ready to let that go. But only you can make that decision for you. Like even a personal stylist shouldn't be making that for you. It's really up to the client at the end of the day. And I always choose to honor the client's comfort zone. And of course, mm -hmm. lovingly challenge when I see that it's a true desire and want underneath to want to express themselves in a certain way. Uh, I go over, I have a unique framework called like, like the zones of style. And during the mini closet audit, we go over the style comfort zone, the style risk-taking zone and the style aspirational zone. And I really believe like the sweet spot of personal style lies in the intersection of all of those because you want to honor your comfort zone and also feel like it's still you looking back at you in the mirror. Otherwise it's going to feel like just like Halloween, right? We we're recording this the day after Halloween. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it does, it's funny because we have this collective practice as like where we put on a costume and it shifts our energy. Right. Um, but at this end of the day, it's a costume and we don't want to feel like we're trying to escape ourselves. Right. We want to, look in the mirror and know that the confidence is from who we are, not who we're pretending to be, mm -hmm. which is why the comfort zone is so important. And that's really what makes the style sustainable because mm -hmm. how will you feel motivated to keep up with it if it doesn't even feel like you? Yeah. So that's the first step always. And then the second step is figuring out their style risk-taking zone because those are the pieces in their closet where they have it, but they don't really know why they bought it. And yet it's just hanging there and they never wear it. Mm -hmm. And that informs me of the risks that they're trying to take and the strategic like way we could take those risks and make it work for them where it's like, okay, they tried to wear something really like dark and moody when they normally wear pastels, but why are they not wearing this and why did they buy it? And it turns out, okay, maybe this has gone a little bit too serious. It doesn't capture their playfulness enough. We could maybe do something sparkly and sequin that captures their effervescent personality, but still black. So it brings in more of their moodiness they're trying to tap into. You see what I mean? Like yeah. trying to figure out where they were, what they were going for mm -hmm. and then realigning it together. And then the style aspirational zone is more of like, who do you want to dress? Like, who is your higher self? How does she show up? 
those are the pieces where they're like, oh, I wish I could wear this every day. And those tend to be special occasion items. But what we don't realize is we can take elements of those special occasion items and infuse them into our everyday outfits. So yeah, that is how I go over that with my clients. Yeah, I love that. I love that, that you're taking them on a journey of like meeting them where they are and then slowly getting to, okay, you can dress this way aspirationally, but it doesn't have to be an aspiration. So it's like, how can you integrate these elements and start being that version of you now? Like you don't have to wait (laughs) five years down the line. You don't have Mm -hmm. to wait till you have a certain amount of success in your business or you lose the 10 pounds or you have that photo shoot. Like Mm -hmm. you get to make those choices now. And I feel like, you know, when we feel comfortable enough to take those risks um, with how we're dressing, how we're embodying ourselves, like we're allowing ourselves to wear the clothes instead of the clothes wearing us. Yes, exactly. The clothes should always be just clothes. They are things that amplify us. We're the art, right? The Mm -hmm. clothes is like, yes, it's its own art form in a way, but it's really framing us the true art here. And it, it does like do something to us when we see ourselves in the mirror and see that it's our higher self already. It kind of makes that, I don't know what to call it. It's like almost a click in your brain where it's like, oh, like I am not waiting to become my higher self. I am her now, right now. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah, for a lot of people, you know, dressing like your higher self is a great way to do that. It sort of makes it more real, more tangible in this reality because you're already taking that action of dressing like that person you're already embodying her in a certain way but I think that's something most people need to realize is like you are your higher self the like your higher self is not outside of you it is you it's integrated in you just like your inner child just like your shadow self these are all your ego (laughs) (laughs) yes all parts of yourself that exist and coexist (laughs) all of the time and it's just when we sort of allow ourselves and give ourselves permission to tap into these different pieces because you know not every day we're going to feel amazing and like our higher self some days it might be a shadow self or an inner trial day and like that's okay too of course yes and I love how you really reference that with the inner child and the shadow stuff because it's so funny how we readily accept that those negative parts are part of us and yet like the positive it's like we make it seem like it's something outside of ourselves because oftentimes it's it's hard to internalize that we're ready for whatever it is we want or that mm-hmm. we're all of the things that we're waiting to be already mm-hmm. yeah and I think too like um I don't know about you but like within my spiritual journey and like spiritual awakening and opening up all my psychic gifts and stuff like I know everyone talks a lot about spirit guides and some people think, you know, your higher self can be one of your guides, but it's like, but your guide is you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so, yeah, it doesn't have to be detached. And I think as humans too, we're like conditioned, you know, our subconscious mind and you have some understanding of NLP too. So it's like, we know our subconscious the whole 
job is to keep us safe, to keep us in our comfort zone. And so when we're doing something that's uncomfortable, that's different than the norm, including dressing in a way that's different than what we're usual, our subconscious is going to be like, yo, what the fuck? (laughs) What are you doing? Put those sweatpants back on. Like, you don't really want to like get that hot date. You don't need a boyfriend. Like you can just watch Netflix (laughs) by yourself with your dog. Like it's fine. Um, you know, and so our subconscious is just trying to keep us safe. And so when we're making these style risks, like it might be, um, might be challenging. There might be some big emotions that need to be processed, but like at the same time, it's like, you wouldn't have that desire if it wasn't for you. And I really like to think Mm -hmm. of like our desires, like as our compass into where we're going, you know, and our higher self is just leading the way. Like, you know, you have that thought pop up and you're like, okay, I want to be like this. I want to be like this person. I want to dress like this, but five years from now, like, no, (laughs) it's now. (laughs) Yes. And that gave me two thoughts. The first thought is when you said that, of course, we're not always going to feel like our higher selves. Of course, we want to have like those personal style, ideal personal style, like what's the word for it? We want to create our ideal personal style with the lens of our higher self. Like, ooh, we would want to aspire to dress like that. But the reason why I love talking about like our comfort zone and the risks we want to take is because, yeah, we're not always going to feel like that. Sometimes we're going to feel like shit. And sometimes we're going to have to go through like another dark night of the soul or something. And sometimes we have a really brutal Mercury retrograde. Like Mm -hmm. I definitely, oh, we both, oh my gosh, on our coffee date, we were talking about how brutal our Mercury retrograde was. You know how bad it was. It was, yes, we survived and we are here and we're good. But yeah, we're, there is definitely times where even I, as a personal stylist, I was not dressing for embodying what I imagined as my badass most CEO self, but I tapped into what did, what do I need? Mm -hmm. What do I need? And really that is what you want to ask yourself every day when you're dressing up for yourself is dressing in a place of intention. It doesn't Mm -hmm. necessarily have to be like, okay, every day we're dressing up like we're this six figure CEO going on a photo shoot, even though that definitely has its time too. It's about tuning into what do I need today? Who do I want to be today? And sometimes that is just about comfort. That is about really holding ourselves in like a place of of safety and understanding and compassion for where we're at just for the day. And knowing we could always start anew the next day, the next week, and that it's okay to have that, just that like, cocoon of I want to just be in here away from the world for now Mm -hmm. and that could look like dressing and comfy matching plush sets there's ways to elevate your style even when you're feeling this way I always like to say that you can dress comfortable and dress still in a way that you feel proud of Mm -hmm. and I always encourage to like to elevate your loungewear if you are feeling this way too because it really just helps you kind of romanticize your life a bit when you're feeling really like, oh, I don't want to get out of that out of the house. It becomes more of like, a, oh, I'm in a staycation. I'm wearing uh-huh. a silk pajama set, <laughs> taking, taking like a personal 
like mental health break. Like it just kind of makes everything feel more intentional yeah, and a decision you're consciously making rather than just operating from default in your subconscious mm-hmm. where you just feel like it's happening to you. Mm-hmm. It makes you, allows you to take control of your narrative, whether that's being cozy or what I found out from TikTok recently, like having a no bones day. Yeah. I still don't understand what no I, is, but I, I just know. figured that out like literally this past week. And I felt so old talking to my little cousins. <laughs> yeah. I I'm in with the kids on TikTok. You're in with the kids. <laughs> I'm in with the kids, the youth. <laughs> the gen was at Z. Um, I get a lot of references, but that I, I don't know. Also my TikTok app will not open right now. So maybe that's <laughs> the universe, like get off of this right now. Um, but I love that you're saying that. I think, especially after this past like year and a half, two years that we've had, like it's like giving permission to people for, you know, most of us wore sweats most of this last like year and a half, two years. Mm-hmm. And something that I did over this time is like, yeah, I did elevate my loungewear, like, because I was <laughs> most days, 90% of the days I'd spend it in my PJs or my sweats. And so even though I didn't spend a lot of money on it, most of it's from Target. Target has some cute as fuck PJ sets, lounge oh, they do. stuff like that. Like it's all pink, you know me, that's my branding. I love it. And like, yeah, how I felt when I'm just wearing my normal PJs is different than when I was wearing, you know, mismatched like sorority t-shirts or random <laughs> band t-shirts and underwear and this and that and you know like even the move here I only brought my matching sets I did not bring any mismatched sweats pjs underwear any of that I'm like okay this is the intention that I'm bringing to my time here like I can be comfy and put my best foot forward and feel good about myself so I love that you said that Oh my gosh. And I have to just say again, I am so excited for you in this new chapter. I remember when we last caught up and you mentioned wanting to make this move and I just knew it was going to happen so quickly because I know how powerful of a manifester you are. And then all of a sudden you're like, Hey, can we reschedule because I'm moving? And I, I honestly wasn't even surprised. I was like, yes, girl, like go get it. Like I knew it was going to happen. And yeah, it's so cool to see you there already, like thriving. Yeah, I'm still kind of shocked. I feel like it hasn't, this move hasn't fully processed yet. For those of you listening, I had set the intention that I wanted to move to Austin from San Francisco. um, And I was getting psychic downloads for it probably back in like January. March, I came here thinking that I was going to move then. The timing didn't feel right. And over the last year and a half, I was living with my family up in the Bay Area. I moved away from LA, um, but I just was ready for a change and never felt like the right timing, but I hit my breaking point, especially with, you know, moving into this work with sexuality, with pleasure, with relationships. And I realized that I needed to leave in order to be my highest self, in order to fully embody who I'm supposed to be, I needed to get out of my living situation. And so even though logically on surface level, it looked like there was no way I was getting out of there. Um, The first day I started looking for places, I found this place where I'm currently at right now. 
um, within 24 hours, I FaceTimed the girl within 48 hours, I made a deposit. And in, I think in total nine days later, I was here in Austin and four of those were spent driving. So (laughs) this is a reminder for anyone listening to, it's like, you are a powerful manifester. Like even if there are things in your life that you don't want, or you would like something instead, like you get to create your reality, reality you get to create your reality. If there's something that you want to change, you have the power to change it and you have permission to change it. You don't have to stay in situations that aren't serving you just because that's the way that they are, just because it feels like there's not a way out. And on the same side, it's like you get to create something new out of nothing. Yes. <laughs> you know, and that's the beauty of being, you know, in this world in this universe co-creating. It's like we get to choose what we want to do. We get to choose who we want to be. That can be your physical environment. That can be our clothing, how we dress. That can be how we show up on social media or like in person. Um, we are constantly manifesting and co-creating with the universe. Um, and so, yeah, I'm just, I'm so excited to, to be here. Yes. <laughs> Still in shock though. <laughs> it's, really powerful what you're saying and as you were speaking it was like that image of you know the magician Uh, and the tarot card that is really what came to mind is being yeah owning that you're the magician of your own life and that all of the different tools are in front of us and it's just about taking that just one step yeah just one step towards the reality we want and it's crazy how much it compounds over time where there's definitely going to be times where I, I know I've had those moments where you take one massive leap and it all of a sudden accelerates into a new reality, like how suddenly it happened for you. Mm-hmm. And then there's definitely times where I would say most of the time where it just felt like following your intuition and then taking those small steps. And then that compounds in itself into a massive leap where I feel like massive action is a term I hear a lot. And I think it does work for a lot of people, but just encouraging those who feel overwhelmed that it's really those little steps too, that can just create a huge effect over time and just doing one new thing that could lead you there every day. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that brought up an important point too, like, especially within the coaching industry, like, I know that there's a lot of people who just want to create that fast change, that fast growth. And that can be great for a lot of people. But in most cases, that is a breeding ground for burnout, exhaustion, not actually truly being aligned with what you're doing. You're just sort of taking action and just like sort of forcing something to happen. And Mm -hmm. that I think also is more of the like masculine approach to business is sort of creating that structure and just like going for it, like balls to the wall, a hundred percent. Whereas I'd say even how our society is moving into this more like feminine way of living and feminine way of doing business is, you know, the slow sensual steps like, okay, how am I going to nourish myself today? What's one thing that I can do that stretches myself into my new reality without shifting everything. And like we were saying earlier with our subconscious mind, it's like your subconscious is trying to like self-sabotage you from making those changes. And that's why 
try even trying to do the big steps doesn't work most of the time because Mm -hmm. there's usually like I think of it as like a a boomerang that comes back or when you're about to snap a a rubber band and it comes it snaps back just as fast if you're not ready for that massive change and so Mm -hmm. there's much more strength and slow and steady wins the race because then you can take that opportunity sorry could you say that again my apologies I couldn't hear what you <laughs> I'm serious sometimes. Seriously. Can you say that again? I need help. I need help manifesting. Serious having an existential <laughs> Oh my God. No, but yeah, like slow and steady wins the race. And like when you take those small actions, regardless of what you're trying to change, um, you're able to allow yourself to integrate really how you're feeling in the process and, you know, course correct. And, you know, most of the time change happens. Like, I don't know if you've seen those, um, like those memes on Instagram of like what you think changes. And it's like, you know, that graph that just goes up, but it's really like up and down and all around and like, you know, purple squiggle stuff like that, that really is what it is. Like it might feel like you're going backwards a lot of the times, but in reality, I think there's another meme that is like, it's actually the spiral going up you know so it may seem like you're going backwards but you're still going in this forward trajectory so I think that's so important for anyone to realize too is like change can take time and that's okay there's no rush there's no finish line because it's your damn life (laughs) yes oh my gosh that I love that imagery it's funny because the imagery in my brain is like an arrow being like pulled back to be shot forward yeah um where yeah even with healing or with growth in general it's just a lot of times it feels like oh no I'm falling back into past patterns like maybe I should give up I know I felt that at times and then is it it doesn't discount all of our growth or how far we've come oftentimes it's the reason why those things arise is because we're actually ready to overcome them Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely I feel like especially when we're ready for like a big massive up level, like there will be similar triggers that pop up where you're like, fuck, I thought I healed this. I yes. thought I got over this. Like, why mm-hmm. is this happening in my relationships? Why is this happening with my workplace or whatever the hell? Like, I thought I healed this. What the fuck? And, you know, most of us think like, oh, something's wrong with me, but it's like, no, I almost think of it as like a test. Um, And not to say that like, you're going to fail the test if you make the wrong decision. Like there's no, there's no right or wrong. Every decision is a learning opportunity to figure out like, and course correct from there. So you're not going to be punished (laughs) for making a decision that you know, if you look back, you're like, oh, fuck, I wish I didn't do that. Well, guess what? With where you are now, even if you made that decision, you're in a better place for making a different decision the next time. So every decision, every action that we take is a learning opportunity to grow. Yes. I love that reframe too, where it's not necessarily a test. It's kind of just almost like a a temperature check, I think, from the universe Mm -hmm. in a way where it's like, is she ready? Is she ready to receive? Is she ready to hold it all? Like all of the new that she's been praying for and wanting, but it's like, we are still in the process of becoming sometimes, and that's okay to be in that in-between where 
you need to clear out some of, you know, those things that are like holding us back, old baggage, and then have room to have all of those things in our life. Because there's definitely times where I now look back in retrospect, because you can really only connect the dots. Like, you know, yeah, looking hindsight back, is 2020. <laughs> hindsight is 2020. Time, you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> like I look back at times where I was like, oh, why isn't this happening? Or why isn't that happening? And then I'm so grateful for that timing because that version of myself was still learning and becoming. Yeah. yeah. I think, isn't that the title of Michelle Obama's book too, Becoming? Yes. Oh my gosh. I love her. I love her. I love her. But I mean, yeah, like we might want what we want and that's great. And it's not to say you're not worthy of having everything that you want, but it's also the timing. It's like, are you ready to hold what you want? Have you done the work to support what you want? Have you created your whole reality? And it's like most of the time, yeah, if I look back two years ago at like the vision I was casting with my life and my business, I was not ready. I was a hot ass mess. <laughs> <laughs> like same with relationships, you know, I've been consciously manifesting a partner, a soulmate, someone to have children with. And when I started that process, like I still had so much healing to do. And that's sort of like why I'm in this space to show that like it's okay to not have all your shit together no one has all their shit together and like we are able to like heal ourselves and also heal with someone else we don't have to be fully healed in order to have a relationship in order to have everything that we want like we get to co-create and heal and receive and do some more healing and more growing and receive more like it's Mm -hmm. a it's a never-ending sort of process and we get to do that with other people it doesn't have to be so isolating yeah I definitely hear that narrative a lot of oh, you need to love yourself before you're ready to love another person or others. And I think that it's so unintentionally toxic. It's so well-meaning because I do love that idea that of course we have to nurture a relationship with ourselves. And that is what is so important in figuring out what we even want out of life Mm -hmm. and to guide our decisions and to create a dialogue with our intuition But at the same time, it feels a little bit, dare I say, narcissistic to think that other people are not going to be part of your healing journey, right? It's like, how much wisdom do so many other people hold that could help support you and like carry you through that healing? Mm -hmm. And also it kind of creates this pressure of a destination, which is also relating back to style, like why I say, give yourself permission to change and evolve. Imagine if we were dressing and acting like the people we were six years ago. Now I'm even thinking about like my style choices in middle school, like, like, (laughs) right. Could you imagine? I have like the fuzzy scarf, like my weird, I I don't even know what I was wearing. (laughs) That's another thing with Gen Z. I feel like they didn't have an ugly phase. Like we did. They didn't have duckling. They're just like, we're born beautiful out the womb, beautiful. And like, how do you just know how to do flawless makeup and hair? And you look like you're in your twenties, <laughs> but you're 13. Like they have the internet, they have the tutorials. I personally think that the ugly duckling phase builds character. Oh, absolutely. Um, they have their own trials with social media. I feel bad for Gen Z with like, I feel 
like, wow, that would have been nice to have as a teenager, all of that information. But at the same time, ooh, that would have been kind of scary to have all that information as a teenager and being as impressionable as I was to all of that, right? So all of the beauty standards, all of the pressure, all of the comparison, Alexa play Jealousy, Jealousy by Olivia Rodrigo. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, I I feel like, yeah, if anyone is curious about that song, just look up the lyrics. And it really, I think, paints a picture of what it must be like to be a young teenage girl growing up in a world where social media always existed, really, Mm -hmm. in her teenagehood. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I, I mean, we as millennials, like, still grew up with a lot of technology. Like, I remember I learned how to type when I was in kindergarten. That's when they started integrating computers, at least in my school. I didn't have a smartphone till high school, but, you know, we are still like adjacent to technology and we're within it, but it's like that generation is fully immersed in it. And I know even like seeing my little sister who just turned 21, like, how she went through high school and, you know, I've experienced like eating disorders growing up and body dysmorphia. And then, you know, seeing these kids or I guess young adults now going through the same thing, but it's because everything is online. And so like how you portray yourself, it almost seems like it's like even more important. And I don't know if you've like been reading, what's been happening with, you know, Facebook. Oh my God. (laughs) Even before, okay. Even before you said it, I knew that was what you were going to say. I was like, okay, we're going to go there. Yes. Yes. I did read it. It's so scary. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, it's scary, but it's, it's the truth. And, Mm -hmm. you know, as great as social media and mediated communication has been to connect us with, so many people in so many new ways like technology has been such a gift but it's also been a curse in so many ways because you know it's creating all of these um uncomfortable sort of narratives and positions for especially like the youth the young people like Mm -hmm. I have this seven-year-old half-brother and like literally he knows how to use the iPad better than I do (laughs) makes sense yes yeah where oh sorry go on (laughs) (laughs) but yeah it's just it's crazy to see you know the the impact that you know social media can have on especially this generation um I know being the age that we are you know mid late 20s we at least have the awareness where we're like okay if I'm feeling shitty about myself I'm gonna not scroll on Instagram or I'm going to unfollow people who, um, make me feel shitty about myself or don't promote my body positivity. But, you know, for kids who are in high school or college, like they don't necessarily have that awareness because part of it's like, you know, fitting in They're these like Mm -hmm. Insta models at 15 and getting sponsorship and stuff like that. And, that's sort of becoming the norm and like that's having a negative effect on like mental health and body image so what are your thoughts on that because I know there's a lot to unpack oh my gosh yes I agree that it's fascinating how technology is both a gift of connection but also I think with connection it's like being mindful about who and what we're connected to yeah and almost like in a very spiritual way, like clearing those, the connections that don't 
serve us or don't feed into a positive self-perception, which is, you know, sometimes we don't know because it's very subconscious at times where it's innocent, um, where maybe there's someone who isn't even saying anything bad, but just following them, it just makes you feel bad for some reason, because it just makes you feel bad about yourself, maybe comparison, maybe about not being at the same place in life as them or looking any way like them. And it's okay. Like no one has to do anything like particularly like terrible to be unfollowed. I think that I have like a new, like, I guess, belief with this compared to like how I thought where it was just like anyone who's your friend, it was kind of like the early ages of Facebook, where it's like, everyone's your friend on Facebook. Like, it's just like everyone excitedly is following each other the early times of Instagram, but now being mindful about who you let into your energetic sphere, right? Where you want to protect your energy because I don't think that the human mind is meant to be processing the shifts of emotion as rapidly as we experience social media. It's like, you're scrolling, you're happy. You're scrolling, you're reading something else. Now you're anxious. You're scrolling, now you're excited. You're scrolling, now you're sad. And I don't think that that's how humans are meant to go function. And obviously it's a great place to share your message. And I think the thing I love most about social media is it allows people to build their own stages. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's also a responsibility there about what are they saying from those stages as well. And making sure that you follow people and um, really, um, I guess, figure out, do their values align with mine? What are even my values and have a self-reflection about that too. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love that mindfulness, even with like who we're engaging with um, and our, (sighs) the people that we have in our lives. Like I, I know I'm definitely, I've been the person I'm a very, um, it's funny. I don't really, do I have Scorpio placements? My Scorpio's in Pluto. Um, that's it. But I feel like when it comes to like relationships, um, that aren't serving me, like I have a very like Scorpio mentality to that. And, Mm -hmm. you know, in high school, there are some rumors that went on about me, about like sexuality and stuff like that. Someone spread a rumor that I was a stripper when I was like 17. I'm like, how would that even happen? But like, whatever. And so the first thing I did was unfollow all of these bitches on. Yes. I was like, I don't need this energy. Fuck you. It was like two months before the end of school. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I don't care that I have to go to school with you people. Like, I don't want you to have access to me. And like, we don't realize that social media, like having someone follow you and vice versa, that's giving someone access to your life. And like, even though I use social media, I used Instagram throughout college. It's like when I wanted to start my life coaching business, I started that from scratch. Yeah, I would have had followers on my old account, but I wanted to set the intentionality. I'm like, I don't want all these random people that I've hooked up with. I don't want people from high school. I don't want people from these other versions of myself throughout my life to have access to what I'm doing now because it's not for them. I don't want the negativity. I don't want the pushback. And not to say that we are supposed to live life without challenges and people who challenge us, like absolutely, we, we should be challenged, we should be pushed, but it's also being an intentional about like who you're allowing into your space and your energy and, um, you know, separating that. Like I've blocked all of my family on Facebook. I'm like, I don't <laughs> know like, what I'm doing and like, yeah. that's okay. And the same with like, 
I know sometimes like our closer friends, like we want to always know what they're doing, but also just because someone is on social media and is not responding to your text doesn't mean they have the capacity to respond either. So I think that's something that's brought into with um, like access and availability within social media. We think that just because people are there that yes. they're there, they're physically there, but they might not be mentally, emotionally there. And like, that's okay because we're always, you know, scrolling or you might use Instagram at the end of the night to like settle down and this and that. So yeah, I feel like that's a very important message that I've really learned this week is access does not equal availability. I love that. Yes. Access does not equal availability and also recognizing it's like people aren't entitled to your, to access your Mm -hmm life or like what you're doing and then also we're not entitled to other people as well and their energy and accessing their lives and just recognizing that when someone follows you and you follow them back that like it's this connection that's formed that I think we should kind of take a little more seriously Mm -hmm. and and know that okay I'm letting someone in my space this is someone who I feel like gives me that positive energy back and also that when we follow like people like our close friends, because I do, I do that too, where you want to know what they're up to, to make sure that, you know, if you really have the capacity to reach out and schedule something in person or more one-on-one, I guess, that mm-hmm. it would be appreciated because I know that I don't share every single thing going on in my life on social media and that I, it's like almost a facade of intimacy Mm-hmm. where we think, okay, I've seen this person because I've seen them on social media. I generally know what they're going, what's going on in their lives, but also knowing that um, nothing beats just one-on-one support in friendships and to, I guess, be mindful about still creating that effort to deepen relationships outside of social media. Yeah, I love that, taking social media back offline where it originated (laughs) where it originated yes where it originated and you know it's funny because social media has connected me personally with a lot of like um friends and like other coaches and people in the spirituality and sexuality space where I would not have had the opportunity to meet them in person and you know social media gives us that opportunity to connect with people um but it also, yeah, it doesn't replace for the human interaction. Like I've recently started like FaceTiming with people or calling mm-hmm. them when I'm driving and stuff like that, just because you're not um, physically in a proximity of someone to hang out. Like you can still make those efforts to create that intimacy. And I think you brought up a great point too, where like social media, we only share as much as we're comfortable to share. And we Mm -hmm. can cultivate some intimacy. Like, you know, I personally, I share a lot about my life and some people probably think it's TMI sometimes, but at the same time, there are pieces of my life where I don't want to share and that's okay. And, you know, how can you dance with the thoughts and themes of like intimacy and vulnerability with authenticity, but still honor your boundaries and your privacy because just because you're on social doesn't mean that everyone gets to know what you're doing yes it's all like a very tricky dance at times and I think that yeah we do have a public self we're comfortable showing and I think we're in a unique position as 
people who are, you know, healers. I like to think of myself as a healer or as a form of a healer or someone, a space holder for people that we do challenge ourselves, I guess, to share more of our lives than I think an, an average person might. Um, but at the same time, it's still the tip of the iceberg um, of what might be going on in someone's life. And it doesn't account for, I would say, the social dynamics of your friendships where, yes, you have a public self and then that's what your friends see. But it's like, you know, the dynamic you have with one friend is going to be so different from a new friend you met online and they're both beautiful and wonderful and just kind of treasuring that and cherishing it by taking it somewhere someplace else where it's just for the two of you or a group of you mm -hmm. and knowing that oh this is so this feels very different than just like seeing their public persona and mm -hmm. them seeing my public persona and I even felt that with people that I've met online and that's how we connected so yes social media is great in that way like being able to meet and find the people who you feel like get you but then, you know, eventually we got out of the DMs and met in person. And it's so beautiful, the conversations that happen when you give that, you know, special time, just the two of you or, you know, a group of you. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I love that you brought up like um, public self versus private self. And like, how would you say, like, even within styling or yeah. your coaching work, it's like, how do you integrate someone's private self with their public self because the style might be similar but it's also so different you know how we want to dress when we're cozy at home versus you know on social media or I'm sure a lot of people come to you for like photo shoots and like branding Definitely. type stuff versus mm -hmm. like okay they're day-to-day -day. so it's like how do you integrate these different um versions of themselves yeah that is such a great question I think it always comes down to intention and readiness mm -hmm. where it doesn't have to be like we were talking about earlier, like a massive change of style. It could just be, okay, I feel like I want to embrace my sensuality a little bit more. And, and then just maybe incorporating like a little bit more of a sensual fabric, like that they deem sensual, maybe for them it's lace, maybe it's like velvet. And that just being a little, little thing that maybe only they notice and it's for them. And just making sure that it's always for you to help you mm -hmm. like create a style that feels good and intentional and joyful for you and not for the public self. But it's interesting because there is this play of like, okay, it's for myself, but it's also like how I want to be seen. Mm -hmm. So I think it's really just about taking the baby steps, figuring out like what risks you're willing to take and, you know, thinking how does my higher self want to actually dress, but not making it feel like a destination you have to reach, but just a journey. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. A journey, Ugh, such a journey. And so for those of us, myself included, <laughs> Who are on a journey of, you know, dating, or maybe you're already with someone, like, how would someone go on a journey of um, shifting their personal style when it comes to sort of attracting a partner or even like feeling sexier in their body and their relationship that they're already in, or maybe even just for themselves? Like, how would you recommend someone um, 
I don't know, just help themselves feel better about themselves and their body and, you know, feeling fucking fine. Yes. Oh my gosh. Body acceptance is such a huge part of this. I feel like, and I do love the idea of body positivity, but I think that it's kind of like that feeling of being a little too positive where your subconscious brain doesn't quite believe you, Mm -hmm. which is why I always like to focus on body acceptance where it's, what do you already feel really good and comfortable in? Mm -hmm. And then how can you add in some fun things, things that light you up with joy into that? Because you always want to feel comfortable. You're the sexiest when you're comfortable and when you feel like you, but just like a little bit more of you, bringing more of you into your style in a way that feels really like sparkly, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so dress in a way that makes you feel comfortable, I think is huge. And that might be counterintuitive to some people because for them, what makes them feel sexy is really like, you know, something body conscious. And I'm like, yes, fucking go for it if that's your thing. But don't feel like you need to squeeze into like your confident, like feeling dress, the dress that makes you feel yourself if it doesn't fit you anymore. Like invest in the new clothes because you Mm -hmm. deserve it. And because what will undermine your confidence more is squeezing into clothes that no longer fit you rather than just getting the size up and seeing it lay. Because once you're in the right size, you're going to look like phenomenal. And that is going to uplevel your confidence and make you even more magnetic. And yeah, so dress comfortable, dress in a way that makes you feel like your sparkly self, but still you just a little elevated. Maybe that's some new accessories. Maybe that's just a new texture and yeah. Don't push yourself to feel like you need to be anyone else's standard of sexy because when you're just bring more of you and that'll attract the right person. Because I think we always want to put on airs when we're first trying to find a partner. And I'm lucky to have found my partner, I, I very much am in love with him. But when we first met, of course, I was like trying to put on airs. And, you know, I remember choosing red because I was like, oh, guys like red, right? Like, and this was about five years ago and <laughs> squeezing into like these leggings and just trying to fit what he might find attractive, which is yeah. funny because he doesn't remember any of it. All he, re- all he remembers- <laughs> right boys like men he remembers our conversation he remembers how my voice is soothing to him and that he felt safe with me and that he felt like he could be himself with me and that I kind of already felt like home you know and he already felt like home to me and early on we could sense that and you know I think that the right partner isn't going to be just looking at you for your physicality, for, you know, your body, but rather how your energy radiates from that body. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And I love that you talked about body acceptance instead of body positivity. Like that's something that's so huge because like, I personally have struggled a lot with body image issues, like on and off throughout my whole life. And I know in high school, like I struggled with eating disorders. Like um, I was anorexic. I abused diet pills and laxatives. And even though I was the thinnest I ever was in my life, like I was barely eating. And um, 
then I've gained a lot of weight and my weight's fluctuated up and down my whole life. And what really shifted my relationship to my body was, you know, it really is the journey to body love is mm-hmm. body acceptance. It first has to start with, okay, observing yourself, like what are things like, what is the reality of the situation? Like, what do you notice when you look at yourself naked in the mirror? Like, what are the things that maybe make you feel uncomfortable? What are the things where you're like, eh, like this is okay. And then slowly day by day, you can turn that into sort of acceptance and appreciation. And then eventually it will turn into love. But a lot of people think of, you know, body positivity as this whole movement where you just were born loving your body. And for most people, regardless of gender, regardless of sexual orientation, like most people (laughs) don't love their bodies because that's not what we're taught to do, especially with, you know, marketing in this day and age, we're always marketed these products on how to change ourselves instead of appreciating who we are and, you know, dressing in a way that enhances what's already great about us. Um, And I love that you're saying too about like dressing in a way that's comfortable. Like another great thing that I did before COVID even happened, I stopped wearing shapewear. I like all together mm-hmm. and I'm like I feel so much better and you know I'm I'm chunky I'm a thick girl like and that's fine we don't have to like squeeze into anything like we can just choose the different kinds of elements like I wear a lot of like flare type dresses or sometimes I do wear tighter stuff but mm-hmm. I wear things um that accentuate my ass because that's my best not my best but one of my best physical assets and so mm-hmm. we get to choose what makes us feel good and it doesn't it doesn't matter what the trend is it doesn't matter what you think um the person that you're trying to attract is gonna like it matters like you will feel sexier when like you are reflecting how you're feeling when it has to start with that confidence Mm -hmm. the clothes don't really matter oh my gosh yes and it's funny because I say that all the time which always surprises people because they're like you're a personal stylist Um, where it's like, you don't actually need the clothes. Um, you want the clothes, Mm -hmm. you want them. And what's wrong with the desire? What's wrong with having pleasure, more pleasure in your life and just being unapologetic about that, about, I just want this because it makes me happy. I just want to show up to this date and dress comfy because that's how I feel the most happy. And, you know, just in that energy of like, I could have things the way that, like, instead of holding myself to an impossible standard, which it's funny because by the way, like beauty standards change wildly over the decades that it's like your body isn't a trend. Your body is a gift that carries you through your life. It has helped us survive a really stressful you know, past how many, like about two years now in the pandemic. And it has, you know, endured through every traumatic experience we have lived. So really treasuring our body for like how it helps us like live life so beautifully Mm -hmm. and taking care of it in that way and not, not to shame it, not to fit a beauty standard, but just simply because you love yourself and you want to express that self-love in a really fun, pleasurable way. That's how I 
really view style and how I think that it feels the best to show up really. Yeah, no, I love that. I love that so much. How do you enhance and like integrate pleasure within your daily life, whether that's through clothes or otherwise? Okay. Well, of course, clothes, like you mentioned, I derive so much pleasure from dressing up and playing dress up that I love using it to make like an intention for the day that brings me pleasure. And I love doing that with color psychology, with figuring out how do I wanna feel, what colors support that. Sometimes during a very stressful day, like I wanna feel grounded, I'll wear a lot of green. If I wanna feel very much like me and my branding, like I'll wear lavender, of course. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I wanna feel like really powerful and I'll just put on like a blazer in, I don't know, black. Black is definitely a power color for me. And I feel like it brings me this validation and like an extra support as I go about my day that I find pleasurable. And I also love to relate it back to like my inner child. And it's like, what does my inner child feel like wearing today? Or feel like investing in? And like, it's just sometimes like, for instance, like I bought these really sparkly like earrings that look kind of like chandeliers and they're like not practical at all. They're like purely for pleasure that I bought them. <laughs> and they just make my inner child light up where I'm like, ooh, sparkly. <laughs> That's it. Ooh, so sparkly, so pretty. Yeah. These remind me of like princess earrings or something like that. And being really like unapologetic about letting my inner child play through my style as well. Yeah, I love that. Cause I feel like a lot of the times, especially if we're trying to be more intentional about like our style and what we're wearing and how we're carrying ourselves, we almost try to be too strategic in a way like, okay, like mm -hmm. this will align with my branding. So that's why I'm buying that. Like I know for a while I was only buying pink things and I was like, that's not practical to only wear pink. Like I love pink, but like, you know, today I'm wearing black. I still have some like earth tones. Like I'd say most of my closet is like black, white, like more like neutrals, eh, black, white, gray, mm -hmm. some like earthy tones in there, but a lot of pink, I'd say probably half pink, but yeah, it's like, we don't have to be so intentional with how we're dressing either. We can just choose something because we like it because it brings us yes. joy. Exactly. Where I totally feel you. I am obsessed with lavender. I love lavender. You could clearly see it in my background on zoom, yeah. but it doesn't so capture like everything. It's just a facet of who we are. Right. Yeah. And even though I love styling in an intentional way and I always encourage like intention sometimes the intention is just simply for pleasure for joy just like that's it like you don't need to necessarily explain yourself and just giving yourself that permission to just be right <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely one thing that just popped up to mind too is like you know, with the pleasure with dressing and like, you know, we've talked a lot about I'm a Gemini. And so I have, you know, 
multiple personalities, more than two. I know we get the rap for being two-faced, but let's be real. I have probably about <laughs> 10 on any day, depending on who you're getting. Um, but each of these like versions of me like to dress in different ways and like, how have you noticed like bringing astrology into it? Like, how have you noticed how the different signs or even like elements like to dress? Like, is that something that you've noticed um, within your styling, especially now that you're bringing astrology into it? Oh my God. Yes. 1000%. It is one of the things that just endlessly fascinates me because there, whether you believe in astrology or not, there are certain archetypes that just have endured throughout history. Right. And I feel like astrology is such a great resource for learning about just these energies, these archetypal energies we can't really explain, but we feel it with our family, with our friends, within ourselves that we're just like, you know, whether someone who has very like Gemini energy, like you said, someone who's multi-passionate, multifaceted, yeah. or someone who's like an Aries go-getter where you're like, where the hell do you get all your energy yeah, from? Seriously. I'm like, can I have some of that? Right. Like, oh my gosh. Addicted to coffee. I'm like, can I just right? have a drop of Aries? <laughs> my brother is an Aries and he's like this go morning person. I'm just like, wow. I, I aspire to that energy, but you know, we, we see it in the, within our lives and it's just like examining that and seeing how it plays into style has been so much fun for me. And I would say that it's about looking at your unique birth chart and figuring out where those archetypes are and how they interact with each other. It's kind of like having your own storybook of like your own personalities. I, I, Cause I feel like everyone has these different layers we can't explain. And then it's really beautiful when you tap into, oh, that's, this is the style I actually aspire to because like, I want to stand out. I'm a Leo, right? Like I'm a Leo. So it's like, for me, I feel really good when I like am making a statement or when I am dressing like the leader I want to be, or when I'm listening to my inner child, because Leos are also like, you know, they have to do with being a child and the pleasure that we derive from creativity and from that creativity we often had as kids. So it's like for Gemini, for instance, honoring your multifaceted nature is so important and not creating any limits for yourself as far as expressing those personalities because Geminis are so much about self-expression, so yeah. much about sharing of the ideas and like not necessarily because like, you know, you want like a specific like known impact for them, but just because you think that the value in it is in the sharing, which is so beautiful and opening a dialogue and just seeing what happens. Like that's the spontaneity of a Gemini. So I think it's important for you to like dress according to how you're feeling for the day Mm -hmm. to not be afraid to mix those personalities when you want to through your style. And also to be like, just unapologetic about it really at the end of the day about being multi-passionate and allowing yourself to blur the lines between those personalities as well. Yeah. I love that. Thank you for giving me permission to to continue what I'm doing. Yeah. Cause I feel like day to day, I'm like, okay, sometimes I'm feeling moody and like powerful bitch. Like I'm wearing a black dress today. Half the time I'm wearing my PJs until like 8 PM. And then I'm like, do I change the (laughs) other PJs or Mm -hmm. wear the same ones for three days? That definitely happened the first few days here. Oh my God. Not going to lie after moving. I'm like, I don't want to change. It was too hot for sweats. Um, most of the time I'm wearing like 
crop tops and like short shorts and like that's okay sometimes you know my power pink like it just it varies and yeah I love I love that that's something that you're seeing within style too and like would you say that um like what placement of people has more impact on their style is it their sun their moon their rising their venus their mars like how does all of that integrate within how you pick out like style okay i love this question i look at six placements so that's the sun the moon the rising the venus and the midheaven and mm-hmm. the did i do all of it okay i cover first sun venus moon mars rising midheaven yeah i got it okay all. so those are all important i would say like rising tends to be the style the one known for style Mm. but I think that they're all important because it's not necessarily like any one placement that has like what you need because I think that they're all energies that we're called to tap into depending on the season of our lives because for some people it's like okay I really want to step into my branding and figure out how I want to be like presented in my brand and in my photo shoots, that tends to be like them tapping into their midheaven and their rising, which is about public perception, right? Mm-hmm. But then some people, it's like very intimate and they feel like if there's this emotional like thing compelling them to change their style, and that has to do with like more their moon, which is like their emotional world and yeah. what does their moon need and their private self need. And sometimes maybe it's their Mars. Maybe they just don't feel motivated yet to make the change, which is like them about what they need to take action. So it really depends on the person and what I think that they need for their season of life. But most of the time, everybody resonates with their sun, Venus, and our rising. Um, But all of those elements are important to create a style that you feel like honors your comfort zone again. Like it feels really true to you, is aspirational but also like encourages you to keep it going yourself for yourself, because Mm -hmm. even though a stylist gives you the guidance, like I think a more empowered version of style is like, you already have what you need. You just needed the clarity, the guidance and the tools and like, you can keep it going. And it's really a practice of self-love that you do for yourself and a way of getting to know yourself, which is why I love how astrology can help you get to know yourself in that way too. Yeah, no, I, I love astrology as like a a self-development, personal development tool. And it's interesting you mentioned about like motivation and your Mars, like my Mars is in Leo. And that's something like when I've always wanted to like, you know, get back into working out, something that really motivated me was like buying those cute ass matching sets from, you know, like all of that stuff like you can't catch me wearing like an ugly workout outfit because like I just won't go like that in itself is the motivation so yeah that's so interesting and you know it makes so sense so much sense especially within you know which area of your life is like influencing your desire to um sort of like up level your style Wow. It makes so much, much sense that you have a Leo Mars because (laughs) like Leo is so much about pleasure, play, creativity, self-expression, and you being a pleasure reset coach. That's just like, I feel like that perfectly aligns and it's like, you're helping people take action towards that pleasure. And 
yeah, I think that creating that um, style that helps you um, move forward, it, it all has to do with yeah, pleasure and play, like what makes you feel good? What inspires you? Like the very Leo energy of like, oh my God, like I get to be that bitch that like makes a statement at the gym. Like that motivates yeah. you. And yeah. how else can you infuse that? Yeah, that bitch that makes a statement at the gym and that bitch that posts like uh, thirst traps on Instagram. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> my, uh, my Venus is in Taurus too. So it's like, I have that earthy sensual with also mm-hmm. the fire of Leo. So it's, it's an interesting combo and so much pleasure. I love it. <laughs> oh my gosh, Taurus Venus. Yes, sensory pleasure is so important to you. I know. Comfort. I'm like, yeah. that's something I've noticed too over time is like a texture is really important to me. Um, yeah. And that's something not a lot of people pick up on. I'm like, no, texture is so important. Like, it's not just visual. It's like, how does something feel? Feel. Oh, that head. is so funny. I literally, like I had um, a Taurus moon client um that was my last starline style reading and i was talking all about how in order for her to feel safe in her style because it's her moon sign that she needs the texture that's comfortable that makes her feel cozy and safe and yeah that texture is hugely important to taurus and quality yeah yeah high quality that's oh that's something in so many of these moves too it's like i've purged I wouldn't say all of my fast fashion, but most of it, because, you know, what do I need with all these like cheap forever 21 tops that I wore in college, like that aren't serving me. Like I would rather have less high quality pieces than all of this junk in my closet. So absolutely. I'm also like very sensitive skin. So like even like the sheets, I brought my own sheets, like sensitive, (laughs) sensitive, delicate flowers. Oh my gosh. Yes. I could just imagine you having like satin everything, like as a Taurus Venus, like satin pillowcases, like a satin, like, I don't know, duvet. Satin eye mask that I sleep with. Oh my gosh. Yes. Um, I have multiple of them just in case I lose one. I keep one in my car just in case of a sleepover. (laughs) (laughs) I brought them over to the last guy I was seeing. I brought them over every single time. Like, I think only the first night I didn't have an eye mask because I'm like, it might be too soon. (laughs) It might be too soon. No, I love it. It's so like, it just gives me that Audrey Hepburn vibe where like in Breakfast at Tiffany, she has like the eye mask on and it's just so like, I'm a bougie bitch and I'm proud. I love satin, cotton, but yeah, anything with like texture, like ribbing, like, ugh, I just. Velvet. Velvet. Yeah. <laughs> velvet in my closet. That might be something, might be a little too hot for velvet in Texas though. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. Yeah. Oh, so good. This has been an amazing conversation. Thank you so much, Ariel. Is there anything else that you would love to share with our listeners? Well, I have my Starline style readings. That is my new offer. So that is a personal style reading according to your birth chart. And you get to cover all of those six placements with me and you get a custom mood board and we get to do a card pull at the end and you get a divine message just for you with my cards. I, I love like Oracle cards, tarot cards, and it's just been very uncanny when I do it for myself. So I love to just start sharing that with others. And this is like my first, I would say official offer really overtly 
mixing my spirituality with my styling. So it's one that's really close to my heart and just one that I would love to share with you all. And we get to just figure out how to align your style with the stars and how to move forward with it. I love that. And it's such a unique offering too, because it's not something I've ever seen before, but as an astrology, like spiritual tarot bitch, that's something that (laughs) (laughs) resonates with my soul. So I know that the, the people who are meant to like align with you in this way, like, yeah, you're, you're going to help so many people with their style and just confidence and overall everything. So I'm so excited for you. I'm so excited for this offer. And how can our listeners get in touch with you? What's the best way to reach you? Yes. I, so I do have a website. It's www.arielbrittany.com. And then on Instagram, I'm most active and that's at ariel.brittany and that's A-R-I-E-L like the mermaid dot B-R-I-T-N-E-Y like Britney Spears. I literally a 90s baby. (laughs) proud of it (laughs) proud of the 90s name but yes you can reach me there I do love to like answer dms and facilitate conversations and yeah and you can check out my all my other services too on my website and I have like my podcast stuff on there my blog too and you could just see what I'm about and I also do beyond the starline style readings like help with photo shoots, with event styling, and with just a general style refresh, like we've been talking about. And yeah, I would just love to help you step into your higher self style and figure out like what season in life you're in and what style that calls for. I love that. Thank yeah. you so much for sharing. <sighs> it's been such a pleasure having you on, Ariel. Thank you. It's been so fun and such a joy. And I mean, our conversations are always, they're always so deep. Like, I feel like this is just how we talk when we're like out in public getting coffee. Like, yeah, I remember people just turning and being like, what are these two people talking about yeah. over here? Like, that's always the kind of conversation we have. So I'm glad that we finally got one recorded. <laughs> I know. I know. And yeah. I'm like, we got to wrap it up soon. Otherwise, like we could go for like five hours. <laughs> So true. Oh my gosh. Yes. Wow. That did not feel as long as it's been. I'm like it's been an hour and a half. <laughs> Poor listeners. <laughs> wow. I didn't know that time just flew by like this. I know. It's so good. So yeah. good. Such a pleasure. Yeah. I love this. And I love you. And thank love you, you too. So <sighs> Feeling, I feel like we're having a virtual hug right now. <laughs> Thank you.